More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best views of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Welcome, Dynasty Theory listeners. Here tonight is FF Coach Dan and Dino MC. We are missing our boy, the Bauer Club. He is being a responsible human being tonight. He's got some dad responsibilities. Every once in a while, we have that. So Mitch and I, you know, we're, we have broad shoulders. We're ready to uh, carry the weight tonight. A proud uh, member of DLF and proud partner of DynastyDaddy.com. Mitch, man, how's it going? It's going good. Like, this week at work's been insane, but like it just went off this past weekend to where like fantasy was good, but it wasn't great. But the games were very good. Like I loved watching all the games. I actually got the Sunday ticket this year because it's on YouTube. I'm loving the four box thing that they have on there. So I actually watched a ton of football, lots of good football, some not very good fantasy stuff going on. But besides that, dude, I'm just happy to be here. Hey, man, we're happy to have you here. And uh, I think I can relate. You know, you and I are on the same, you know, dad, mm-hmm. you know, watching our boys play football and running that parent schedule like a lot of our listeners are and grinding with the work, but then also grinding with the dynasty streets and don't tell John DFS streets as well. So we are just all in on fantasy football. Mitch had a good DFS week. It was a, a great little, week, uh, man. A little extra spending cash, which is always good. And and you're right, man. The, the dynasty games this weekend, you know, I, I don't know how your team's fared. I was like, I like play like just under 500 ball. I felt this same, week, same. but uh, but you learn a lot in week one. Mm-hmm. I think you know week one always historically is the most you know unpredictable. You know, some things we kind of foresee come to fruition, but then there's also a lot of surprises. And the one thing we really want to know is, hey, what's the usage, man? How are the teams using these players? Some Offensive coordinators are a little more predictable, but there's a lot of changes in the offseason. And I think you're sharing a little bit of uh, John's work in the Patreon with the weekly usage data. What do you identify there, Mr. Yeah, Sorensen? it's huge. So John puts like a ton of work into this, but pretty much any positional player you want to know and you want to know their stats immediately without having to go to three different sites, John has it all on here as far as like, I could look up Jamar Chase right now, his route participation, his slot rate, his wide rate. Inline rate, air yards, a dot, yards after catch. I mean, it just goes on and on. And that's for every skill player in the league. So tight ends, running backs, all that stuff. So John puts like a ton of work into this. So we just want to make sure to shout out. And, you know, he uses this a lot to, to identify trends to where like maybe someone had a big pop off game, but maybe he only had 40% route participation or anything like that. So John's able to find it really quickly in these. And I know it's, I'm not, I think it's in the Patreon. So I think it's a huge addition that he's adding to it right now. 
Yeah, subscribers. I mean, that's a big benefit for you. And we're going to get into some players today and break them down. Mm-hmm. A little bit of my process, Mitch, is, you know, I love watching the games on Sunday. You mentioned YouTube TV, and I had all eight games on at 1 o'clock <laughs> and just soaking in every highlight and every play and taking notes as we go. But that's like the early work here. You know, I've got some notes of some guys that I'm going to get into later as far as my risers and fallers from week one. We don't want to overreact. But as this week goes along, I'll be looking at that usage report and saying, okay, what am I overreacting to myself? You know, hey, did they get a lot of volume? How was the team using them? Or, okay, hey, I might have saw something good, but they didn't really get too many snaps. So we've got to be able to break that down and uh, get ready for week two. But tonight we are kicking off with the big news. We were all amped last night. You know, we're all on the hard knocks high, the, the New York Jets uh, bandwagon a little bit. Great game versus the Bills. And, man, right away, poor Aaron Rodgers uh, yeah. with an Achilles injury. I mean, we, we saw our – our Discord and our, our group chats is blowing up at that point. There's a lot of seasons kind of were down the tubes, man. What's, what's your take on the Aaron Rodgers situation? Dude, it's tough because I was really excited for him and Garrett Wilson going through the season. Like I was very high on Garrett Wilson with my all my underdog drafts and everything. But, you know, it's football and this stuff happens and it sucks. And so we just have to look at it and go from there. But with Aaron Rodgers right now, I do think he's actually going to come back next season. I think this is going to be decent motivation for him to go through everything and get ready again for next year. But the problem is his value right now. I don't think you can move him because I don't think you can really get anything for him. And if someone's like, okay, I'm taking this year. I'm looking for an injured player. They're not looking for Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be 40 next year. So I think the amount of teams who are willing to trade for him right now are just so slim that moving him off your team might not even be worth it. Yeah, I mean, we saw a little bit this offseason with maybe Matthew Stafford, for Mm -hmm. an example, who, man, there was just no market there for him. And it's just because we didn't know. And we knew he was playing this year, but he's up there in age. We didn't know what was happening. And he actually looked really good in week one. And I'll talk about him a little bit later. But here you are in that situation with Aaron Rodgers, which is – kind of even uglier there coming out, you know, Achilles is a serious injury. That's not easy to rehab and recover from when you're younger, never mind when you're you know, in, the, in that 40 club. So Aaron Rodgers has got a lot of work to do. I do agree with you though. I think he will come back. I think he will, like, no one wants to end their career on that note. So I, you know, I think he'll work really hard to come back. And if you have them, keep them, wait for next year. But the challenge, Mitch, is if you do have him this year and he was your one of only two quarterbacks in a super flex dynasty, you're behind the eight ball now because you've got to make some decisions. Do you trade? You've, you've mm-hmm. got to get two quarterbacks really to compete in super flex. Do you punt and it's time to rebuild already? The season hasn't even started. How do you handle that? Dude, it's hard because honestly, I think if I have Rodgers on my team, I would be pretty confident in it competing, right? And if I only have two quarterbacks, I would hope the rest of my team's pretty sound if that's the kind of quarterbacks I'm going into the season with. So I would try to pull off a name that I think you could trade for right now. And it's probably Brock Purdy. You know, he's coming off that pretty good game against the Steelers, but it didn't like light up the fantasy scoreboard, right? It was just a good week for him. So I think if I'm going out, that's the kind of guy I'm willing to get right now because it's going to take pieces of your roster to go out and trade for this other quarterback. You already lost Rodgers. What happens if you go out and trade for another one that ends up getting injured? Now you've already given up pieces for the future to try to compete this year, and you can't because you have another injury. So I just think you have to be very selective with moves like this to make sure that you're not over-leveraging your future seasons just to try to win this year. And 
sometimes a one-week injury can just derail your season. Yeah, Purdy's a good example there. You know, he's, he's on my riser list to, uh, for, for this weekend. There was just a little doubt I had that kind of crept in, but that doubt really did go away based on his performance. Um, you know, what quarterbacks could you get without mortgaging your future too much? You know, you scour those rosters in your in your league, and there are teams that kind of get a little greedy with quarterbacks. You know, you find a team that has three, four, five, uh, for whatever reason, and, and see what you could bargain for. So I, I definitely agree with that. I hate to see anybody putt when we haven't even gotten to week two of the, yeah. the NFL season, but you're going to have to be aggressive this week for sure. And then Zach Wilson's there, man. Now, I, I've been seeing a little bit teams trying to trade Zach Wilson. I have him in one league, and I, and I offered <laughs> to trade him. I wasn't as greedy as some of those offers because I saw some people like kicking Aaron Rodgers' owners in the shins and like wanting a first for Zach Wilson. Um, you know, when you watch that game last night, it was really slow going there for Zach Wilson. You know, you mentioned Garrett Wilson. He He's a little frustrated, you know, open. Zach's not seeing him. He flashed a little bit as Zach Wilson settled in there. You know, he definitely showed his athleticism. But I am concerned, you know, how conservative do the Jets go? Do they let this kid kind of loose a little bit after this year? You know, the way you're shaking your head, I, I, you looked like the Jets coaches last night. They weren't letting yeah. him loose. They were being very cautious. And they've got a great defense. But if you could get Wilson cheap, you know, I'm trying to get a second round pick for him. I'd be happy with a second round pick for my Zach Wilson share if I could get that. I don't know if I could get that. I agree. I think that's a fair asking price. And the problem is, like you said, the team's really good. So they're probably not going to ask a lot of him. I mean, we saw a lot of that this weekend with teams to where in Atlanta, they're not asking Desmond Ritter to do anything because they believe their team's good enough to compete with him just doing a adequate job as a quarterback of the NFL. And I think that's kind of all the Jets are hoping if they could just get below average play from Zach Wilson this year, they could at least be close to a playoff contender in the AFC. Yeah. As I, I was even, I was holding my Zach Wilson share when Rogers was, you know, expecting him for the full season. I didn't have any Rogers shares because it's the one time where being a, you know, ages kind of came in handy there, but the hope was Zach Wilson would have a whole year, maybe even two seasons under Aaron Rodgers to really develop. And then when his time came, he could be a solid NFL quarterback. Unfortunately, that time came very soon. So it is decision time. We got a question here, Ben Hartley. So in San Francisco, what's Wilson's Super worth? Flex. I know I went, San, I went to San Francisco <laughs> first too. Yeah. Um, I see you have my mind there from the purdy and super yep. flex. What is Wilson's worth in terms of pick value? And then if he's available on waivers, what are you willing to pay for him? What percentage? I think we talked about pick value. Mm -hmm. I think you and I agreed on a second round is very fair yep. value either way, um, whether you're selling or buying um, percentage of fab. I mean, you got a starting quarterback on fab who's probably going to be there for the year. I'm uh, I might spend all my fab. If I only have one quarterback, every penny, this is one to where you try to, trade for a little bit of extra fab this is like one of the case to where it's like yeah drop all the fab that you have because yeah, if you could even trade him for a second in the future i mean that's money in the bank right there super flex i'm not really seeing him on waivers and i'm, yeah. I'm in a lot of leagues so i think it, you know ben if you are seeing him man spend it all because not only shouldn't he he shouldn't even be there yep so, all right, that's a lot of Jets quarterback talk, man. Uh, you know, hey, Garrett Wilson owners, hang in there. He, the dude's an elite st <laughs> you know, stud. Don't don't give up on him by any means. The Jets will find ways to, to get him the ball, I'm sure. Man, but speaking of just, like, gut-wrenching injuries, we, we go one to another from quarterback to running back. J.K. Dobbins, 
man, I had him in DFS a lot. He was under 5% owned. I, I had a couple of dynasty shares. You know, I was really hopeful for him this year, thinking this guy's ready to catch a break. He looked good, and then, mm-hmm. boom, th- there came the injury, done for the year, another Achilles, right? Was it Achilles yeah. with him? It was Achilles, yeah. A- as it, well? It just sucks, like, because with Aaron Rodgers, you could be like, he'll come back next year and he'll be good. J.K. Dobbins doesn't have a contract next year, right? So he's coming back. No team is going to go out and sign him. He's going to be one of these August pre-training camp signings that'll happen, and hopefully he can make an NFL team. I mean, going from like starting for the Ravens week one to hopefully being on an NFL team next season is kind of his range of outcomes right now. It just sucks. Like I feel so bad for the dude because, I mean, you want to talk about him value-wise, He's closer. I said this in the Discord chat when it happened that like he's closer to being on waiver wires than he's closer to being worth a fourth in any league. And if you offer me Justice Hill right now for him, I'll take Justice Hill because I think Justin Hill is at least Justice Hill is going to give me points this year and probably be on a team next year. And you just don't know if that's the case with J.K. Dobbins. Man, that's a hard truth, Mitch, and and, and I, I think you're right. I mean, we, we've seen this again with the Javante Williams and these other guys with knee injuries, and it, it's a struggle. This isn't one that – it's a lot harder to be patient here. You know, in his running backs, as those leg injuries kind of stack up and mount, and now he doesn't have a contract. We see the running back market. You're really in a tough place. So adjust this hill as we look at that Ravens running back situation. Now it's a little bit of a three-headed monster again. Melvin Gordon signs. Uh, Gus Edwards is there. So it's this could go a lot of different ways, but there's going to be touchdowns there. Yep. You know, it's it's definitely a flex option. Um, if you really need help at the running back position, I could see that. Now, if you've got some running back depth, I don't know, but you're probably sitting on him for a year and, oh, and waiting and seeing. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's going to be the guy to where you cannot move him off your roster when it comes to draft time because he's not going to be on a team at that point. And then there's guys like Greg in here who just posted he has 37% shares of Dobbins. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, not, that's something I would do, Greg. Well, I'm in on a guy. I'm in on him with a lot of high percentage, and that's great until these injuries happen, and then you're scrambling. And depending on the injury is, that that is tough to move. So that's yep. going to be a lot of roster management and case-by-case basis what you could do with J.K. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon, if he's out there on your waivers, go after him. I think he's going to be a big part of the rotation. They said they don't want to sign anybody else. Um, you know, I think it's just a matter of who starts, you know, justice Hill was kind of the hot hand there. Um, you know, Gus had really good usage with justice Hill. Yes. And then I think Melvin slides in and see what happens. Snipes them all on the touchdowns all week. But while we're on the Ravens, I want to ask you about Zay flowers, like all off season. I was saying, I love this offense. I don't know which wide receiver I should like, you know, I was Half the time, I'm like, Odell could come back. Then I got off that pretty quickly. I'm like, well, maybe it's Bateman. Maybe it's Say Flowers. Maybe it's Mark Andrews. So we know Mark Andrews is going to come back. He's going to be okay. But I'm really thinking the Say Flowers. If anyone doesn't know, he had 10 targets and 9 receptions for 78 yards this past week. So like, he was the guy for the Ravens. I'm pretty much buying into the fact that that's going to be pretty sticky throughout the rest of the season because they were using him like designing plays in the running game for him as well. Are you kind of in the same boat? Yeah. He, he just popped off the screen. Like he just looked electric. So that that's where the coach of me comes into fantasy football, Mitch. And, and as I watch games on Sunday, I'm like, 
who pops off the screen amongst, you know, 22 studs on a field. He just looked different. He looked fast. He looked electric. 10 targets. We know it's Munkin and his, you know, new offense. So we're learning about a new system. Hey, what's he trying to do? He was trying to get the ball in Zay Flowers' hands, as you sh- you've shown in a, in a lot of different ways. 10 targets. Um, that's a lot of volume. Now, we know Mark Andrews is going to come back. So, you know, are you necessarily going to get 10 targets every game? No. But Zay Flowers is the kind of guy, yeah, he was 9 for 78. He could be 4 for 120 in another game. Um, so, so I think you're going to get steady production with some splash games along the way. I still like Rashad Bateman. I don't know. That might just be holding on to, to, you know, some hopes, but he's just so young. And if he's healthy, mm-hmm. um, but this offense wasn't completely clicking either though. Like they're they're They, they struggled a little bit until Texas, the Texans wore out kind of in the second half, third quarter, Baltimore finally broke them down. That's when Dobbins got hurt. Mm-hmm. And I was like throwing stuff at my TV because Justice <laughs> Hill robbed his touchdowns, you know, right, right then and there. But uh, Flowers, yes, love him, buy him, get him, don't trade him. Uh, I think he's going to be their number one wide receiver or 1B when Mark Andrews comes back. You know, Mark Andrews has always been his guy. So we'll see how that offense evolves. But speaking of receivers, Mitch, man, the Rams, there's this guy named Puka. (laughs) Puka, 2-2, what do you want, you know? I, I knew he did good, but it didn't click in my head that he had the 15 targets because I watched that whole game and it didn't like click that he's had that many targets, right? So I go into the Discord yesterday and everyone's like, What do you train for Puka? Is it sell high on Puka, buy low on Puka? And like people are going nuts. And I'm like, What did I miss? And I look it up. I'm like, Oh, dude had really good. Like, dude's awesome. And the best part is, is he was the guy I was picking up in the fourth round of every single draft this season. So I have a very high roster ship of him, but this is like, this is the kind of kind of guy that's going to end up being sticky too, because when cup comes back, Puka and cup play completely different roles in that offense. Sure. They're wide receivers, but it's completely two different things. So I love buying Puka right now. And I'm willing to pay. If I could get him for a second, I will pay a second for him in almost every single league. Yeah. I think he's definitely second second pick worthy there i'm trying to see who the rams rams are going to be home versus san francisco this week so that's going to be a great game to watch that's a tough defense there but this rams team's very interesting now i'm I'm, i was a little disappointed with seattle showing getting romped 30 to 13 there um, in in seattle which is not an, uh, an easy place to play but Matthew Stafford was 24 for 38 for 334 yards. He looked like the Matt, like Super Bowl quarterback Matthew Stafford. That ball was zipping out. Um, Puka had 119 yards. Atwell had 119 yards. And, and I'm going to say, like, Tutu Atwell, I know it's kind of funny, and he's small. And, they, you know, obviously Cooper Cup's going to come back, and he's going to be the man. I think Puka had that Cooper, Cooper Cup role in that game. But Atwell could get deep, man. And he is fast, runs good routes. They've got a three-receiver combo there that's that's really good. If this offensive line can continue to hold up, and they're going to get their true test in San Francisco this week, um, they've got a team there, man. And they ran the ball. They were balanced. You know, not necessarily for, you know, Akers was only like 22 carries, 29 yards, so he wasn't too effective. But Kyron Williams kind of stole the show. And I know he Kyron's did. not that's on our good, list. I'm glad He's- you brought him up. He's on my riser list, Mitch. I'm like, I'm really thinking this guy is a good football player. They wanted him last year. We were hearing the buzz that they were going to go with him, and then he got injured. We talked about him in Dynasty Theory pre-combine when we got that 40 time. Like he looked really good on film. And he's a great pass catcher. Like he is their pass catching running back, um, Kyron Williams. So 
to me, I like Kyron Williams maybe more than I, I like him more than Acres. I think that's completely fair. Yeah. I mean, he was on the field more than acres and it's not like it was a game script thing to where, Oh, Hey, they were behind. They put Kyron on the field. Kyron was just the better running back for him. So he got more play. And if that's, what's going to happen, we kind of know Cam Akers. Cam Akers is kind of like Najee Harris to where he's, he just needs that volume. We like him because he's going to get all the volume. He's not out there to catch the ball. So, I mean, if he doesn't get that 20 carries a game, I'm completely out on him. I mean, two weeks ago, I was saying I was super happy. I love where his value's at. Right now, I hate how much Cam Akers I have. I should just have Kyron Williams instead, which would have cost a third of the price two weeks ago. Yeah, that's the, the, the big price difference there is huge. Um, I was able to get one Kyron Williams share before week one. I wish I was more aggressive. Yeah. You know, I was starting to hear those reports, pass catching, looking at their situation. Um, but he's a very attainable back. Like, if you could get Kyron Williams, I would be aggressive and, and get him on your roster. I don't think, like, Akers Mitch, even though he's, like, you know, less attractive and, and you described that well, he still has a role in this offense. It's still Fine. a one-two punch. So I think you can still use him. But uh, Kyron Williams is definitely a guy, guy to get. So I think the moral of the story here is buy those L.A. Rams. There, There is some hope in Los Angeles now. they got a long way to go. It's going to be a much tougher test for San Francisco. But yep. uh, good signs there out of L.A. Now, Mitch, in the show notes here, you have Atlanta pass catchers. They have pass catchers, Mitch? I, I just want to bring it up because, I mean, so anyone who didn't watch that game, Drake London had one target with no catch. Kyle Pitts had two no three targets two receptions for like 44 yards and the the funniest thing about it in a ppr league with no tight end premium kyle pitts was still a tight end too he was tight end 21 because every single tight end was horrible over the weekend it's like the problem is i think this team is good enough to where the this is going to be the games that they do they're going to have a very low percentage of plays because they're going to play slow but they're going to be in games and then there's going to be a game to where London might have five catches, but that's like his ceiling. There is no eight catch game. That's going to happen for him this year, unless something drastically changes on that team. And I just don't foresee it happening. So like I'm okay holding on to London right now. Um, I actually picked up a share of London today, but like, I hate it. It's almost like I want to hold on to him for next season, more or less. Yeah, it's, it's it was a disappointing week one, um, and I love Drake London. He I was really high on him this offseason. Same Mitch, I drafted, picked up some shares, um, but like no tar- like one target, no catches. Like the, you can't have that out of a starting wide receiver in dynasty and in, in any fantasy format. Um, I think it's going to be matchup specific. I think you're really going to have to play the matchups with Drake London, which which stinks. You we want matchup proof yeah. guys in our starting lineup. Um, Hopefully Desmond Ritter will evolve and they will find ways to get Drake London involved. But if it's like a tough corner matchup on a week, I'm finding someone else to start, you know, um, Kyle Pitts, I think just by default, you're always going to want him a two for 44 game in tight end land. I hate to say it is, <laughs> hey, is, is awesome. isn't horrible, you know, those. Um, these backs are definitely going to be involved. You know, Bijan in the passing game, Bijan looked incredible. This, you know, six catches, 27 yards and, a, you know, receiving touchdown that, mm-hmm. that makes his day, forget the rushing. And he still had 10 for 56. They have a good O line. They have a good run tack. Um, I think Atlanta kind of showed their hand and I I'm just disappointed Desmond Ritter. I was hoping for more than we got out of him yeah. on week one. So uh, do, you have some, do you have some risers to still talk about? So I got a list here. Okay. Uh, I, I, list. 
I'm, I'm going to start with the quarterback position and I'm just okay. going to go through maybe like a note. If we already talked about him, I'll just say the name and move on. Yeah. And if you want to pick on any of these guys, I went deeper in my quarterback list as far as names. This, this is like a John Bauer list where we're like given two name homework and John lists like <laughs> I get eight, eight. Okay. Fair. But we know the state of the quarterback position. And, and I think in our off seasons, we spend so much time talking on it because there's just so much movement between drafts, free agency and so forth. And these quarterbacks are the engine that make, these offenses run and guide us in super flex. So risers and fallers, no specific order. Purdy's a riser. Okay. All those weapons around a man against the Steelers defense that we thought that was going to be a tougher game than it was. Purdy looks solid. So I just, I just think you're going to get steady mm-hmm. production week in and week out. What we hope Desmond Ritter with all those Atlanta weapons around him is what you get in Brock Purdy. He's not lighting it up like Matthew Stafford and slinging around the yard, but boy, if you get two touchdowns and, 250 yards every single week and he protects the football you got something there Ritter was a faller for everything we talked about Tua man in Miami like I just I'm wishing I bought more shares of Tua in the offseason because everybody was scared off him because of the health and the shares I did have I could not trade them in the offseason because I couldn't get what I wanted Mitch he was off the charts in the fantasy world and I don't think that that's not a fluke that is not a fluke we saw it last year with Tyreek Hill and in Waddle, and we heard Tyree kill this offseason saying he's gonna get like 2,000 some yards. He backed it up week one. So, like, two of guys, I mean, I, I think if you could buy him and get him at a fair price, go for it. Matthew Stafford's alive again. Jordan Love showed he belonged in the National Football League. I had a feeling watching his film last year at the end of the year when he did get opportunities, he had poise, he had mm-hmm. moxie, looked like he belonged. I think he learned from Aaron Rodgers in his time there, and that was even without Christian Watson, he looked good. Justin Fields, I told everybody on Dynasty Theory before, he cannot throw. He is going to have good fantasy football games this year because the guy is a freak athlete. He is a running back playing quarterback. They've got to run the six-back offense, but there are going to be times, man, it's going to be painful. Um, I have have a question for you since you brought him up. I was thinking about this today. You have Justin Fields. You have Anthony, Anthony Richardson. There we go. I'm guessing you're going to take a rich over Fields. Pretty easily, I would guess. My question is, what would you need added to Fields to trade away your Anthony Richardson? Because for me, it would have to be a fair amount because I think A. Rich is everything that we want Justin Fields to be. And he looked legit. Like, they didn't ask him to do a whole bunch with the Colts, you know, this past season going against the Jaguars. But he did enough. And... I really, really like what I saw compared to what I saw with Justin Fields being his third year in the league. I'm like, this is the same stuff we saw year one. Yeah, when you get to year three with Justin Fields and you add DJ Moore yeah, and you get the same old swan song, you get Anthony Richardson with a one-game sample. Mind you, it's a one-game sample, but he flashed right away. You know, he had his rookie struggles at different different points, which we expect with all those rookie quarterbacks. All those three three rookie quarterbacks, and here's a coaching point there. There's only so many plays in. You know, they're, they're scheming around them. There's only so many plays. When you get in those tough games late, you kind of run out of those good plays, and, and those limitations come up. But he definitely flashed, and there's there's a lot of room for optimism there in, in Richardson. So, but your question is, to move fields, what do you have yeah. to get? Because you're going to roll with Richardson. and you, No, you let, wanna... let's say you have Richardson. Someone's offering you fields. What are you going to need to have added to move off your Richardson? 
I mean, there is part of me that they're very similar quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and we know the Colts have their share of dysfunction um, in that organization. But if it's I could get one, right, yeah, it, it it definitely is a tough one there. But if I could get another piece that's going to be a flex starter that's young and has dynasty potential and can help me at the running back or wide receiver position, hey, man, let's roll with A-Rich and give myself another starter, and I, I won't miss Justin Fields in that in that circumstance. Yeah, I think like an early second value. So if you're getting like a Mike Evans right now with David Montgomery, something like that, that could be an, immediately starter, an immediate starter on your team, that's what I would go for. Yeah, we, I mean, we – if we could just get like a little bit younger, you know, a little, right, little more, right. just a yeah. little more juice. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, feel, yeah. Fields really has still holds good value, and and we always know there's those truthers. For like, ah, week. week one, you yeah. know, like they're still buying the <laughs> Justin Fields, you know, uh, Kool Aid there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the the price is high. Don't don't sell too cheap. But I would be pursuing to, to yes. see what I yes. could get. Um, other quarterbacks. Danny Dimes obviously disappointed, you know, even if the Giants are a little better. I mean, Paris Campbell's their biggest addition. That's that's yeah. this disheartening. Hyatt had a drop. Um, I mean, it'll get a little bit better for the, the Giants. I'm sure they'll get back to basics and adjust. But you, you've got – you had to hope for more out of Danny Dimes that night for sure. Um, that, that's the quarterback list. You mentioned okay. uh, our boy fair. Anthony Richardson. Running back list, you know – Pierce, man, Damian Pierce in Houston was it was a faller for me there a little bit. I, I was disappointed, and they, they just couldn't get anything going. I know they had some linemen hurt, so I will watch to see when those linemen come back and if Stroud advances. Hopefully, we get a little bit more out of Pierce, but I was a little disheartened. Nick Chubb, I'm loving, man. Like, just he really, truly looked involved in the passing game. I don't think that was a fluke. I know it's easy week one, and we have seen those fluke games type before. But they look designed. There's no mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt. Ford Agreed. didn't come come into the game till it was kind of out of hand. Ford looked decent. He took advantage of his opportunities. But I think Nick Chubb's in for a huge season. Love Bijan and Gibbs. That's not a surprise, even though the volume wasn't there. If someone is a little down on the volume and maybe their fantasy score didn't blow up for some reason, especially with your boy Gibbs, man, I would. I'm I'm gonna try to get them every week until I can't. Um, but they looked really good. DeAndre Swift was the biggest faller disappointment for me of the week. He was kind of like on my sleeper list going into the year. When Penny was a healthy scratch, I'm like, Babe. here we go, Babe. baby. Yep. I, I laid out at him to a few of my DFS lineups. was kind of seeing where I had him in Dynasty. And, like, he was just irrelevant. It's just not good. I think it just comes down to, like, certain situations he's going to be really good, but you can't start him at all on your fantasy teams right now. I think our hope was it was a system thing. Yep. And Philly was, you know, liked him. They liked him in the past. They were going to mm-hmm. use him in the passing game. And they didn't use him like that at all. Uh-huh. And we saw how he ran in Detroit. You especially did as a Lions yep. fan where he yep. just wasn't hitting holes and doing what we expected. So, man, like Kenneth Gainwell is your number one running back. As a Cowboys fan, I'm kind of encouraged that Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are their big weapons because they're not running on Dallas, (laughs) let me tell you. All right, but, uh, you know, hopefully Swift gets a little more involvement and he always has that breakaway speed, but big disappointment. Tony Pollard was a big plus at that. He looked awesome in in, in Dallas there. I think he's in for a big season. Not a surprise, but, you know, just kind of seeing how they use him and whatnot. Um, Turpin was a little surprised the way Dallas used him as a running Mm -hmm. back because it wasn't just all Rico Dottle as a backup. And then last, James Cook and Brees Hall both looked good in, la- in last night's game. I love James Cook. I've been high on him, and I he looked the part. You know, the only frustration was Josh Allen trying to do too much. Josh Allen might even be a follower for me that I didn't put on the list. Like, 
how many years into the league do you have to like stop being Superman, Josh Allen? See, there's a safety out there. Don't force it to Diggs. He had Cook wide open, and uh, like I was getting a little frustrated with Josh Allen. Uh, and he's got to be great. Don't get yeah. me wrong. No, but, I get it. I get it. But uh, but, but then Brees Hall looked legit, man. Like, he didn't miss a beat. It is him and then Dalvin Cook, not the other way around. I was a little nervous going into week one because I'm like, okay, how many weeks is it going to take for Hall? They might not use him a lot. He looks awesome. Yep. So one guy I'll bring up is just going off John Sheet is Jamal Williams, man. Like, I have a lot of rostership with him from when he was on the Lions and he was scoring all those touchdowns. You know, he had – 95% of the running back carries for New Orleans. You're like, that's awesome. He had 18 carries. He had 45 yards and no touchdowns. I mean, that's, it's awful. That is really, really bad. I mean, I know they're going against the Titans team, who's pretty good. They're but tough to run against Mitch. Did that? I'll say that I Mitch, know, going into this week, like at first I had Jamal Williams high on my yeah. list because I knew the volume was going to be there. But then I remember the Titans like, Mitch, like you just can't run against those. All guys. right, like all they, right. I'll give it one more week. Hard. One more week, I'm out. That's yeah. all he gets. Like if he has the identical situation and it's not the Titans defense, he is going to yeah. find the end zone and that's going to get up to 80, 90, 100 yards. So it's Carolina this week. They're yeah. decent, but like, he will have a great. <laughs> he will have able a to much, run against Carolina. He will have a better game against the Carolina Panthers, but yeah, it is discouraging because it's like the perfect situation, which be. just tells you yeah. it's. Perfect situation as far as opportunity, but not the defense that he played. They're they're, they're okay. brutal. All right, all right. I'll I, I'll take it back for a little while. I see Kevin Stout uh, says Roshan was exciting. It was just just know that that was mop up time there for for Roshan. Yeah. It, it was primarily Herbert and Dante Foreman, so it's gonna be a while for Foreman. But similar to Jerome Ford, when given the opportunity, they didn't stink. Like, yep. like he took advantage of his reps as a coaching staff. They're gonna go back this week and say, "Hey, good job, kid. We're gonna build on that." But don't think it's going to come in week two. They're going to come out with Khalil Herbert and, and Dante Foreman this week again as, as their one-two punch. Yeah, that's a really good point. But I think Roshan's a guy that you want on your rosters because come week nine, week 10, week 11, when they're you know two and six or whatever they are, he's going to be the back that you want in that backfield. Yeah, and even if they were six and two, Foreman's going to get banged up at some it's point. True. That's like, a like, like, like it's a long NFL season it's for so running Herbert, backs. to be honest. Yeah, Herbert's not that big. He looked yeah. electric when he's healthy. Oh, he, roll yeah. with Herbert. He's, he's so amazing. Like he's one of my favorite running backs to watch. I don't have him anywhere just because I don't think he can stay healthy for a long time. Yeah, that Bears backfield for me, like I, I would want Herbert this year. Mm -hmm. Just don't put all your eggs in one basket. To your point, Mitch, yeah. like you know he's not the biggest back, but they're using him smartly. That's why Foreman's in there. Foreman's going to get those Bangham type yards, and Roshan is the long term bet, as Kevin's mentioned in in, in our chat. As we shift the receiver, uh, we talked about the Rams. I'm buying Puka and Atwell. We said earlier Puka uh -huh. for a second. I would give a fourth round pick for Atwell if you get it, or if he's oh, on the he's, free agent yeah. wire, spend some fab. Um, he, he's going to be a take. I was sad to see Jacoby Myers get concussed, but if, if you could get him now that he's concussed, hop on him. I watched that game. They used him different in New England. Um, you know, one of the – who's that wide receiver guy? Uh, he has a, his own show. He covers wide receivers. Like we subscribe, I subscribe to him. Oh, I'm uh, Matt Harmon. Matt Harmon. Matt, Matt's yeah. always talked well about Jacoby Myers. <laughs> and when he does – I know he does a lot of wide receiver homework. I, I try to kind of follow some of those guys. And man, they were lining him up all over, and he looked like the guy on some plays. And until he got totally decapitated, um, so you know he got concussed. But he looked good. I, I, he's always just that not attractive fantasy football player. That, eh. but if you need wide receiver help on the cheap, and now he's concussed, 
grab him. He's a big part of the Raiders offense. And then the, the captain obvious ones here, Brandon Ayuk and Calvin Ridley. They just yep. looked like studs oh. last week, man. They looked like the guys for their teams on very good offenses. I think they're going to have both really good seasons. So not a lot on receiver there, Mitch. The Rams were the underdogs. Myers was the unattractive one. And then Ayuk and Ridley were like the big boys. Dude, the big thing with Ridley is it makes me hate Christian Kirk just because of how they ran their offense. I know it's been talked about a lot, like how little they ran out of 11 personnel, how little Christian Kirk is on the field when that happens. Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence just flat out threw the ball to Ridley in every situation. If it was third down, he's throwing to Ridley. If it's close coverage, he's throwing to Ridley. So I think that is just going to be something that pays off nonstop. I wish I would have been a little bit higher on him throughout the offseason. Um, I was on him really early that his price got a little bit too high for me, like especially in best ball when he was going early. But now, as of right now, it looks like that was the right plan to make is just to stay on him all year because dude was a stud. But one thing I want to say is the Indianapolis Colts might have the worst defensive backs in the NFL. So we might just need to pump the brakes just a little bit and see how it goes when he actually plays a good defense. Yeah, it's definitely worth noting. You know, that was, you know, Mitchell Sorensen and Dan LaMagna in the secondary this week. I mean, it was an ideal matchup for Calvin Ridley, and he and he capitalized on it. He was a DFS gem. I was eyeing up that matchup. It was juicy. But there's going to be tougher matches, matchups. Teams are going to start preparing and double covering Ridley if they have to. It's one of those offenses that are so excited. You know, so we got the question, you know, are we concerned about Kirk and what what we're getting out for? Like, I'm not out. And I know there's some difference of uh, opinions here. I think it's going to be like him and Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. Like Kirk's going to have some good games. Like if you go back to last year, he was their guy. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, I remember in the playoffs, they were fighting and Lawrence and Kirk were on the sidelines and they were figuring things out. Um, Kirk had a tougher matchup than Zay Jones in this game. Um, Kirk's going to pop off here and there. Now, is he as attractive as last year? No, but Trevor Lawrence is a stud. The passing volumes there. I think he's good. It's just, what do you need him to be on your dynasty team? You know, if, if you're That's anticipating exactly him yep. being one of these number one guys, he's not that anymore. But if you want a good, solid, you know, starter that shouldn't kill you or a flex player, a guy to rotate with the bye weeks because, you know, you, you're, you're juggling receivers a little bit. He's a good player. Don't give him away. Um, so that, that's my take on Christian. Kirk. No, I agree. Like if you have, let's say you, you're in a three uh, wide receiver league where you have to start three wide receivers. Three, yeah. If he's there, you know, I'm not really happy if I'm having to lock him in. But if I have three wide receivers and then he's my flex play after that, I can live with that probably most weeks throughout the season. But if I'm having to lock him in as like one of my starters every week, then I'm going to be worried. But I'm not going to go out and trade cheap for him. I mean, I mentioned a trade that I did. I did. Uh, Drake London, Christian Kirk, and I traded away A.J. Brown. It was just a hedge on maybe this was just a bad week. Like, I love A.J. Brown, so this is nothing against him. I think A.J. Brown's going to perform very well this year, but it's just a, you know, it's a bad week. This trade wouldn't have happened two weeks ago. I'm going to let this one week happen and just see, hopefully we see more usage out of both of them moving forward. Yeah, it's a really interesting trade. And I think if you're in the format where you are have to start three receivers, that depth is very, you know, on top of the yeah. flex is very helpful. And I like having Christian Kirk amongst my depth and my player options. I think A.J. Brown's in for a monster year, so I'd be oh, a little nervous a there. Yeah. Talent-wise, Jake London's in that conversation, but his situation just unfortunately is, is frustrating Horrible. right now. <laughs> so yeah. do you have any tight ends that are even worth talking about? 
we'll just we'll close on the tight ends. As, and I would say for dynasty worth talking about is Luke Musgrave. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed the eye test. You know, I was, I warmed up to him in the off season and got myself a couple of shares. I wish I was a little more aggressive in the dynasty drafts just because like his college film, he was so raw for me, mm-hmm. but him like Anthony Richardson, they are so off the charts athletic that these coaches know sometimes in college, if you're not in the right situation there, you know, you, you put Luke Musgrave on Alabama, he'd be going where Brock Bowers is going to go next year. That just uh-huh. wasn't, the ca- wasn't the case for him, but he's a talented dude, man. And um, so I think he's going to have a real good year with green Bay and I was warming up to Hunter Henry as far as that grizzled veteran that maybe, hey, you get a team that's rebuilding, just wants to give a tight end. New England looked decent. They got off to a slow start in the game against the Eagles. Heads up, the Eagles are tough to run against, but they are not tough to pass against. Um, Mac Jones showed he could be in the moment, and he fed Hunter Henry. And I think Hunter Henry's going to have a good season oh, as well. Oh, he's going to be so good this year. You know, and then Greg Dulcich's hamstring injury really stinks. Dude, Adam Trapman, like he is going to be the play at DFS this week. I guarantee it. He's a, He is a blocking tight end, so don't get your hopes up. If you if you were actually looking at Trapman this week, I would say you're better off with Durham Smythe in Miami because like they no, actually that's, that's did actually target other yeah. guys that were no names, whether it's River Craycraft or Braxton Berrios. But Durham Smythe, he was like four catches and some yards in the tight end world. That's points. And then wrapping up our tight ends, Greg Wood, I would say to buy Darren Waller, worst possible game script, and he got decent production and strong target share. And, Greg, I'll give you and all the Darren Waller owners an extra tip out there. You know I study DFS, and you know I'm a a Homer Dallas Cowboy fan. Yes. The Dallas Cowboys and J. Ron Curse are tight end killers. I will never in my life start a tight end against my Cowboys because J. Ron Curse is one of the best covered guys ever and he manned up Darren Waller. So that was a tough game. Darren Waller is going to have a good season. He looked spry. He looked healthy. When Curse wasn't on him, like late in the game, mop-up time, he started getting some catches. But if you could buy, like the Giants aren't, it can't get any lower than they are right now getting uh-huh. rocked. Um, I would buy Darren Waller, especially with how bad the tight end position is. No, I love all of those, man. So, Mitch, you going to take us home here? Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to tap out week two real quick? The only thing I wanted to say is, look, I know Joe Burrow had an awful week, but he's going to throw for 400 yards against the Ravens. It's just one of those feelings that they were horrible. I mean, T. Higgins had like nine targets and zero catches. I just think Joe Burrow is going to go nuclear this week. That's the only real take that I have, but I think it's I think it's going to get ugly for the Ravens. Where's my challenge flag? Mitch? Oh, no. I, I didn't oh, think I was no. going to need it tonight. I, I got to throw the challenge flag late in the game here. Fourth quarter, Mitch is driving. Okay. Um, I'm throwing the challenge flag. And I will say to your point, Mitch, I do think Joe, Joe Burrow is going to be fine. Don't panic that he had like under 100 yards and was worse than Desmond Ritter. If that's humanly possible, <laughs> <He> was. <laughs> it was. Um, I watched that game and I was just like wanted to put a fork in my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. The reason I challenge you, Mitch, is he just didn't look healthy to me. Like, I know the weather conditions okay. weren't good. The weather's going to be better this week. Um, you know, the, the matchup's going to be better. I think that Cleveland defense was really good. And they're in Cincinnati. There's no place like home. So I think he will improve this week. But I don't think he's going to go nuclear yet. 400. Mitch is going 400. I'm going to go about 270. I think they're going to rely heavily on mixing. It might be a mixing week. Um, but he just didn't look right, Mitch. Like, he just looked like he just – and we knew he had that injury going in. He's rubbing his knee on the sidelines. That leg was definitely impacting him. 
again, the weather on the road, tough matchup. I think that all came in. I think he'll be better, but definitely watch his health. And I'll be watching that week to week. I'm thinking he is he what I'm worried, Mitch, is is he gutting it out? Like if you have a true contender, is he gutting it out? And is this not going to be Joe Joe Burrow's best season? Does that mean I would get rid of him? No, but if I could get Trevor Lawrence plus, if uh-huh. I could get go Justin Herbert, which I normally probably wouldn't do because I'm super high on Burrow in the Bengals. You know, you're tight to Jamar Chase, but I am worried a little bit about his health. That's fair. All right, let's do it. Final thoughts. Mitch, you want to lead us off, sir? I suppose I can. Uh, the main thing I want to say is just don't overreact to this week one stuff. We do it a lot. Um, there's a lot of players who are out for injuries for week one that are going to be back this week. I mean, we talked about it in the Discord today. Someone was bringing up Kansas City's defense and what uh, Jameer Gibbs against them. They didn't have Chris Jones. They didn't have like the dude that is their dude on the defense. So you've just got to be super careful with these one-game sample sizes. Maybe it was just a bad coaching play. Maybe the coaches went in with just a bad game plan and they're going to fix it moving forward. But for me, it's just... Just pump the brakes on a lot of stuff. Um, there's some things that I feel pretty good about. We talked about it with like Puka. I think Drake London's probably not going to be all that great this year, but there's some situations we can look at that I think are definite. But a lot of them are just, let's just take a couple weeks and wait and see what's going on. Yeah, I think we're on the same wavelength here. My final thought was was very similar and, and you're giving great sound advice. I'll take it just maybe from the coaching spin and Hey, I'm coaching junior high and freshman football right now. And and we got through our week one and week two games and the difference from week one to week two, believe it or not, is no different because you watch the game film. You fix so many mistakes. There's so many moving parts with these teams. Think of all the new NFL coaching staffs. Think of all the teams that maybe they didn't play guys in the preseason or didn't get enough reps. This is their first time really gelling and cleaning up and fixing all the mistakes. And sometimes it's tough when you're fixing those mistakes and you're going up against a tough matchup and you're going up against the weather or there was an injury. So you're going to see the biggest adjustments happen this week. And now all 32 NFL teams have game film. Okay. Sometimes when you have those divisional matchups like Cincinnati and Cleveland, well, they played each other a bunch of times. They kind of know what they're going to run, but not everybody had that. Now, after 32 weeks, you've got game film. You're starting to get some trends and it helps us in the fantasy community. So be patient. Let's enjoy week two, and then we'll reevaluate here on Dynasty Theory and get a little more firm in our takes come next week. Um, there's also two Monday night football games. Be ready for that this week. So a little bit of change in the schedule with two games Monday night. For me, Coach Dan and my boy Mitch Sorensen and John Bauer, who's using some PTO time tonight. Hey, Dynasty Theory listeners, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Until next week, we'll see you in the Discord.